Hello, everybody. It is another episode of the Dirt Boy Podcast. We're at episode five already. Oh, my gosh. Episode five. Jesus. I didn't think we could pass episode two. <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, yeah, once again, my name is Rugged the Dragon. And today we are going to be discussing Star Trek. Star Trek. Everything Star Trek related. Everything about how we got into it, what our favorite moments are, and all that stuff. So, uh, if everyone is listening to this podcast and watching the live stream... Uh, be sure to definitely leave your feedback. Uh, if I have any ideas for future episodes, like I said, keep an eye on my Twitter as well as my Discord if you're in the server as well. And it's uh, it's going to be an interesting topic, basically. <laughs> so, so let's say let's start with something more simple. So let's uh, go from the beginning here. So, like I said, before we start off, I want to say that everybody, thank you very much for tuning into these podcasts and giving you some information. Uh, interacting with me and all that stuff like that. It's it's like I said, it's it's a little small right now in terms of what we got going on here, but we're going to get more into it later on, you know? We're going to get more, uh, what do you call it? We're going to get more intricate, we're going to get some more ideas. Maybe we'll actually have some uh, uh, voice speakers who want to be part of the whole thing. So, maybe. But we're, we'll, we'll, we'll figure things out over time. We'll figure things out. But, anywho, uh, we also have... Uh, Night Queen in your chat right now. <laughs> Here to listen to some interesting Star Trek, Star Trek stuff. Yes. Oh, yes. I, I've i been watching this show for a very long, long time. So, uh, yeah, like, like I said, if anybody w wants to talk about these future subjects and wants to, like, be part of it, uh, yeah, let me know. You know, have a clear microphone and all that. Make sure you speak English. Your English speaking abilities are very good as well. All right. So, let's start off. So, how did we get into Star Trek? So, personally me so i also have a reddit post that i had it online now i couldn't say that i was going to use it for a, uh, a podcast episode because that's technically slightly more self-advertising so i just posted a reddit post on the star trek forum under my username and i asked people how did you get into star trek and what are your favorite moments from any show or movie and why so now, I'm not going to read my post exactly. I'm going to add a lot more intricate details with it. So, let's start from the beginning. <laughs> so, anywho, am I also in my chat? We have Daniel the Watcher saying, Hello, I saw food. I click. Yes, I, right here. And if you also notice, if you're watching this on the live stream right now, you can notice that the background is the Enterprise D bridge, which personally one of my favorite sets of the entire show, in my opinion. Uh, I personally was a bit more of a fan with the Enterprise D bridge that was in the movie because it had more upgrades to it, and my, but that's just my opinion. I like that bridge quite a bit. But anywho, so Star Trek, when, how did I get into it for the first time? So Star Trek VI was the first movie I ever seen in my life. In 1991, I believe, the movie came out in theaters. Uh, my family and I, we saw it together, and I had never heard of this movie whatsoever. So we got to the theater. I think this was in... I can't remember what state it was. I think it was in California. So, anywho, we we went to the theater, and we I, I was not prepared for the movie whatsoever. I didn't know what we were seeing. I didn't know what it was about. I didn't know anything about this. So, I we go to the theater, and it, the movie starts. And it starts off with a bang. I'm not kidding. The Undiscovered Country is just an amazing movie, by the way. If you should go watch it. Well, you should probably watch some of the other original movies first. But first, uh, the first part of that movie was so amazing. Like, it started off crazy. Lots of politics in it, which I didn't really understand back then. And then 
the plot twists in that movie were so amazing. I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm just going to say one thing. The actor Christopher Plummer, uh, may he rest, he was the best thing about that movie. He played the general, he played General Chang, a Klingon with an eye patch, right? And my gosh, the amount of acting. Oh, he's such an amazing actor. For those who don't know, Christopher Plummer, he also played the father in the movie called The Sound of Music. And, like I said, I, I can't believe how he looks in that Star Trek movie compared to what he looks like in, the, uh, in the, the Sound of Music in general. So, after I saw that movie, I remember we, uh, we were having, heading to Pennsylvania, I believe, temporarily, to, uh, via a train ride. We had a cross-country train ride. And I remember one of the train carts, they announced that in the, one of the train carts they were going to have a movie night. And that movie was Star Trek VI again. So we all of us gathered around and we watched it. I had the most uncomfortable seat, but I didn't care. I just My eyes were glued to the TV. So after a while, we lived with my grandmother for a while. Right? We went to Texas and then we went back to Pennsylvania. And uh, we discovered that there was a Star Trek show on TV. It currently being aired, brand new episodes called uh, The Next Generation. Now, we didn't really know too much about this. We didn't get into the show until around season three. Because, uh, we didn't, I mean, like, we didn't know the show existed. Because back then, you couldn't look on the internet and find out if there was anything new. You had to look up TV Guide. TV Guide was your main thing. That was your basically your internet back then. So, we discovered the show. And we were watching it. And we're like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Pretty good show. Lots of good writing, you know. Sir Patrick Stewart, amazing. Everyone in there in that show is amazing. Michael Dorn, Brent Spiner, all of them. <laughs> so, eventually we got to... An episode called the best of both worlds so that's a two-parter so this is the first time i've ever heard of season finales because in my young mind i'm like they gotta make new episodes every single day right well uh this episode basically had the captain and the crew encountering an enemy they found before a robotic race called the borg basically cybernetics with organics like and, and the worst part is when they find people they actually tell them hey you know what we're perfect, you're not. So, we're gonna add your imperfectness to ours. We're gonna make you perfect. We're gonna make you into these drones. And they're very tough. <laughs> very tough. Also in my chat, Bread Bun Bun, welcome. Thank you for coming by. We're talking about Star Trek. So anyway, so the crew encountered these this race before of these machines, and they didn't win. They could not win. And long story short, the first encounter was done because of this omnipotent being named Q. It's a long story. Basically saying, you're not ready for deep space. Look at these guys, they're about to kill you. So the captain's like, you know what? I admit, we lost. So Q sent them back to where they were and said, if you can't take a bloody nose, you might as well crawl under your bed because it's not safe out here in space. So that, that Borg species that I mentioned before came back. Now the Enterprise is fully equipped to deal with them. They learned a lot about them since their last encounter, but despite their efforts, it still wasn't enough. The ship eventually was heading towards Earth. Many ships were lost. Many lives were lost. Right? The Federation, the good guys, tried to fight against this cube-shaped ship. I'm serious. It's a, it's, a, it's a shape of a cube. That's what the Borg ship looks like. It destroyed everything. So eventually, the captain actually gets captured and converted. Now the Borg knows what he knows. So that's bad. We're, like, we're back to square one. And I remember... They got their weapon ready to fire to destroy the ship, but the captain's still on board. 
So they're like, what's the command? What's the order? And then the first officer goes, uh, Mr. Worf, fire. And it said, to be continued. And we're like, wait, I got to wait the whole summer just to see what happens? <laughs> that was the longest summer of my life. Oh, my God. But, uh, oh, man, the, the Next Generation was my favorite show of all time. I go back to that on Netflix all the time. It's probably my, my number one watched show on Netflix so far. Although I'm kind of worried now because I hear that Discovery Plus is trying to take all of the Star Trek shows and movies and put them on their network. It, it, I hate these decisions, to be honest. I wish there was just, like, a few networks, that was it. And then everything goes on to those three. I hate all these new subscriptions trying to get popular and trying to get money out of everybody. It's ridiculous, in my opinion. But anywho, I did not want to... I, like, after a while, the season finale came on. And uh, eventually the season premiere aired later on after the summer was over. And we just loved that. That was probably like my favorite episode of all time. Hands down. Best of both worlds. Part one and two. God, it's so intense. But uh, all the ep other episodes were amazing. And it was sad to see that the Next Generation had their final episode. It was called uh, All Good Things. It was like a two-parter again. Very confusing storyline, but it had the best, sweetest ending ever. Which, again, I won't spoil it too much. You gotta watch the whole thing on Netflix. Or eventually on Discovery Plus, probably, as well. But, anywho, uh, like I said, the um, the episodes had an HD remaster. The uh, Next Generation I don't, and the original series. No other Star Trek show has had an HD remaster yet. Which is kind of sad, but here's hoping, you right? So, eventually... Another show came on as well, along with uh, Next Generation. So, with Star Trek back in the 90s becoming extremely popular again, especially with the original movies, uh, they came out with one called Deep Space Nine later on. And sadly, I did not get into that show until after it aired. Like, I watched it for a while, but then, like, I started losing track of the storyline. And I thought to myself, you know, I can't really keep up with this. I might as well just wait. But, oh, when you go back, when I went back to that show, oh my gosh. It's like, a lot of people consider that better to be Next Generation. I thought it was great, personally, but I think The Next Generation was a bit better because I was more connected to the characters and the storylines altogether. Plus, The Next Generation didn't really connect your storylines. It was more like, we had some elements of storytelling that came back from previous seasons, but for the most part, if you watched Next Generation, you could pretty much watch any episode and not really connect it. All right, let's put a pin in Deep Space Nine. Let's go back. Let's rewind a bit more. So, a long time ago, back in the 60s, they released Star Trek with uh, William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, Duhan, you know, uh, Scotty and all them. By the way, random fact, Scotty, the actor, he's not Scottish. No, he's Canadian. And he also served in World War II, got shot multiple times, including Friendly Fire, and if you didn't notice, Scotty actually has a missing finger on his hand. And they somehow easily were able to hide it every t every single time. Crazy, right? Guy went... He, he was in D-Day. Uh, Scotty. The, uh, oh, I, gotta, I gotta remember his first name. What's his first name? Uh, not, not, not Simon Pegg. Uh, James Doohan. That's his name. James Doohan. So, yeah, James Doohan. He is a badass. The reason why he chose the Scottish accent... And the Scottish personality was because he knew that there were hard workers. So if he's playing an engineer, he's got to be the hardest working person out there in the ship. So anyway, the original Star Trek show. Now, I have to admit, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Star Trek, but I've never watched every single episode. There are some episodes where I've not seen yet. But the original series. Now, the original series was hit and miss. 
it was the starter of the whole show. I mean, it's it's very old, so you're gonna see a lot of moments where you're like, "What the heck is this?" <laughs> but um, there were some good episodes. Everyone suggests that the best episode of all time was called uh, oh, what was it called? The original series. It was uh, an episode. I think it was the moment on the edge of forever or whatever it called. Let me look up the title of it real quick. It's the city on the edge of forever. It had a weird opening where the doctor accidentally injected himself with something. He went crazy, went to this planet, and they had to basically... Uh, they found out the doctor went back to the 30s. And something happened back then that caused all of reality in the future to go disappear. Just about. So they had to go back in time to the 30s and fix it. And it all hanged on the balance of one specific person. And I, like, I won't spoil it. But the ending was pretty shocking. I understand why people love it. I like the episode too, but it wasn't my favorite. You be you might be surprised. Some people, some Trekkies out there, are gonna be like, "What? You didn't like? You didn't think the City on the Edge Forever was the best episode of the entire series?" I'm like, "No, not at all. Nope, nope." I personally think my favorite episode of all time is called uh, "Balance of Terror." Yes. The original series called Balance of Terror, which, by the way, the same actor who played Sarek, Spock's father, was actually the captain of that Romulan ship. Basically, this is the first time you've ever heard of Romulans and ever in Star Trek. The premise of that episode is that different colonies in space are being attacked, Federation colonies, by this Romulan ship that can cloak. And essentially, it's just a giant battle. And it's just, oh, it was so tense. <laughs> You want to know what happened next, and the acting in that was so good. Although, funny enough, that's where one of those meme gifs that you see of the crew, like when they get hit, when the bridge gets hit and they all like scatter around. <laughs> but um, that episode was just absolutely amazing. Uh, Spudo Jack in the chat, hey, welcome, hey, welcome. How you doing today? So, I remember one of my favorite parts in that episode. The Romulan ship was damaged, so they said to themselves, you know what? scatter some extra debris, but wrap one of those pieces of debris with a bomb. So they don't know. So, one of the pieces of debris was being detected, and Spock says, more debris like last time, except one metal case object! And they said, oh, and immediately they're like, phasers, point blank! And they, they blew up the bomb, but it was so close that the ship got hit. But, oh man, there was, there was so much clever acting and moments in that whole show. It was, it was just amazing. <laughs> Spudo Jack, I am very good. I'm uh, just nerding out on some Star Trek. If so, if you have any Star Trek related opinions and discussions, let me know. So, anywho, uh, other episodes were pretty good. Uh, the most uh, comedic episode of the original series was called Trouble with Triples. And that was the one where they had these little furry looking animals. They're supposed to be animals, but it's just basically a big ball of fur. That's it. No eyes, no, na no mouth, no nothing. They just, you pick them up and they just make these like purring noises. The problem is when, the, the problem is when they mate, you don't see them mating, they multiply like crazy. They're like, what's that movie? Gremlins. How like every, like whenever, when you add a little bit of water and they multiply, they multiply like crazy exponentially. Like if you have like a couple triples on your ship, you're going to be swarmed with thousands of them within the first like 30 minutes. <laughs> they're kind of a problem. They are cute, but they're a problem. So, that whole episode was just amazing. And the weirdest part about that whole thing was the um, the Klingons. Now, 
The Klingons in Star Trek are supposed to be these race of aliens. They look like us a little bit, but they got darker skin, long hair, usually, and their heads have this weird shape to them, right? It's like a very... They got these ridges on their forehead. Very, like, basically their skull is different from ours. So Klingons in the original series were just humans. That was it. So it was kind of strange to have them go from humans to a complete overhaul in terms of their design in the movies. And everyone's like, what the heck happened here? Even the uh, characters from other shows asked that question, which it was kind of explained, but we'll put a pin on that. Uh, oh, there are I've seen other episodes of the original series. There were some good ones. There were some really bad ones. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, like, after that show ended, after three seasons, it propelled the next step, which was the motion pictures. So, Star Trek The Motion Picture came out. I don't know what year exactly. So, let me look that up really quickly. So, Star Trek The Motion Picture came out in 1979. Roughly, I'd say, about a decade after the original one aired. And it was... It was an okay movie. It was not that great in terms of uh, action. It was kind of boring a lot of times. But the biggest flair about that movie was the music and the visual effects, right? Oh, like back in the 70, back in 79, it was like ahead of its time, apparently, because since Star Wars came out, they had to up their, they had to up the ante in terms of the department regarding the, uh, you know, how the movie looked, how it sounded, everything. So, yeah, the premise of that one was basically there is this alien probe. Nobody knew what it was, but it was dangerous. So they had to find out what it was. So they had to bring a bunch of the crew out of retirement to investigate. They boarded the Enterprise. Now, in the original series, the Enterprise, the ship itself was a simple, more simple design. In order to keep up with the times, they took the ship and refitted it. They made it look completely different from the inside out. And, uh, anyway, sorry, that was my phone. Uh, we, and the ship itself received a major overhaul. Major overhaul. Everything about that ship was just from the inside out, just completely different. But not only that, it was also a lot more advanced. So they took that ship and in the rest of the movie, you know, just watch the movie and I'll, and it's just an amazing, like it's, it, it looked great. It sounded great. Not the greatest, but it did impress a lot of people. So they eventually started making more sequels. Now, my dad personally, he loves Star Trek two. The second one was amazing. And it also connects to an original episode where there was a superhuman named Khan. Neon Sung, is that his full name? Now, Khan, in the original show, he was a super... They call him Superman. Well, not really like Superman, you know? They were, they were genetically modified people from the 90s. And there was this thing called Eugenics Wars back in the 1996 in the Star Trek universe. We don't have, obviously have it here. So they found him on this uh, ship called the Botany Bay. The Botany Bay itself was floating in space. People were cryogenically frozen. Found out these people were evil. <laughs> and then they put, basically in the end, they put them on this habitable planet where they can live their lives. And the sequel to that whole episode was a movie. Probably one of the best movies ever made in Star Trek. Some consider it the best Star Trek movie. And this is the one where you had a lot of interesting moments where the ship would get damaged. You had other cr crazy twists at the end, right? This is when I started to watch these movies, and this is when I decided to actually, don't cringe, I started making customized Lego 
and connects starships, basically. I would, whatever I had, I would just make starship designs, get dry erase marker to simulate battle damage on the ship. Because when you use, like, dry erase marker, you could simulate things like phaser burns or torpedo blasts. And if you had to clean it up, you just get a little cloth and you just wipe it off. That's all. <laughs> but, um, yeah, anyway. So, yeah, Star Trek Two, amazing movie. I'm not going to spoil too much of it. Great acting, by the way. It's a shame that the, um, who was the guy who played Khan? Uh, let me look him up real quickly. Uh, played by Ricardo Montalban. Yes, not, well, Benedict Cumberbatch played him in the more recent movies, but Ricardo Montalban, amazing actor, by the way. Oh my gosh, he, his role in that was so good. Uh, he, I like one of his quotes. He's like, he's like, ah, cook, you know that revenge is that, the Klingon, you know the Klingon proverb that a di revenge is a dish best served cold. It is very cold in space. <laughs> oh man, like I said, he wants revenge for what happened a long time ago, but we'll find out why. Uh, I remember Star Trek Three, not as good as the second, but still has some really shocking moments that made it really good. Uh, one of random fact, one of one of the trailers. Uh, I remember Leonard Nimoy specifically told the company. Don't reveal certain parts of the movie in the trailer because we want people to see this and we want them to be shocked. Well, they were ignored and they put some parts in the trailer that people should not have been seeing at all. That's We haven't learned our lesson. Uh, off topic a little bit, that's what happened in a movie called uh, Terminator Genesis. They just threw in a big spoiler just so that you could probably see the movie. But anyway, and so uh, after that... They made Star Trek 4. Star Trek 4 was a really turning point because it really just changed the storyline. We didn't have the Enterprise. It was the the crew go onto another ship and they have to go back to 1984 to save whales. I know, kind of a crazy, weird storyline there when you describe it that way, but the whole movie was fantastic. It was an up, it was, it was like a major upgrade in quality. Uh, the acting was also amazing and the humor there was a lot of humor in that movie. It was great. Uh, I remember watching that quite a few times when I was young as well. Now, the fifth Star Trek, well, we don't really talk about that one, <laughs> but it was called The Final Frontier, and it was terrible. I, they let uh, they let William Shatner direct that one, and he, oh, God, he didn't know what he was doing. I mean, there were some good parts here and there, but, ugh, no. We don't talk about the fifth one. Now, the sixth one that I've already described to you before, that was, like, the biggest one. You know why? Because a long time ago... Gene Roddenberry, right? He was the one who came up with the vision of Star Trek, right? And uh, around that time period when they started making the sixth one, sadly enough, uh, Gene Roddenberry passed away. 1991, he passed away. And uh, it was a hard time. It was hard. It was very hard for people to move on. But they start. They made Star Trek six. The first thing you see on the screen is for Gene Roddenberry, as in. This is going to be a good movie. This is going to be our biggest effort. And, oh yeah, it showed. And, interestingly enough, the same director who did Star Trek II was also the director for Star Trek VI. And his name was Nicholas Meyer. Nicholas Meyer did Star Trek II and Star Trek VI. Two of them were the best films ever made. Amazing director. <laughs> so, anyway, unpinning the other modern Star Trek shows. So we had other shows like Deep Space Nine... Uh, so Deep Space Nine, that was an interesting one. It started off crazy. It started back with Best of Both Worlds. We had a character 
named Benjamin Sisko, who lost his wife because of the Bork attack. Those ships that I told you about that were being destroyed by the Bork, he was part of that. He lost his wife. His kid was saved, but he lost his wife, and the ship exploded. Many years after that, he doesn't like Captain Picard because he knows who he is. He's like, yeah, we met in battle a long time ago. You were that Borg guy, right? And Picard's like, oh, shoot. Yeah, that was my fault. They captured me, but man, I, hadn't, I couldn't do anything about it, but you know. So they made Commander Sisko. He is not a captain. He's a commander. They put him on this uh, old station that used to be Cardassian. Another alien species. We'll get into that later. And he's in, he's put, he said, hey, okay. Okay, Commander, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put you on this station with a bunch of other crew members. And, um... Fix, fix it up as best you can, and um, we'll leave we'll leave you to it. <laughs> it, was, it was nobody wanted this task, right? Not even Cisco wanted it. But then he realized that it was so important to hold it, and eventually he was convinced to keep it. And he did a damn good job because eventually he became captain. I think in season three or four. God, it took a while for him to become captain. Yeah, it took him a while to become captain. This is why we kind of ep- edit some episodes because I can't talk for the life of me. I usually jumble on my own words, but, you know, it happens. <laughs> but if I remain constantly motivated to talk about something, I usually can talk pretty clearly for the most part. So the whole show, the problem with Deep Space Nine, my biggest issue with the whole show, despite how great it is, is the fact that if you don't watch the show from season two onward, you're not going to know what the heck is going on because it's this giant interconnected story about the Dominion. So, the Dominion is a faction that consists of other species, such as the Breen, uh, the Cardassians, and the Jemadar. Different alien species, right? They just want domination. It's it's kind of like World War II with the Axis, in a way. And you got the Allies. It's, it's a big war. Because one wants to conquer everything, the other ones want to just defend themselves. And it's really bad. It's really bad. Everyone, a lot of people, a lot of ships die. A lot of ships were destroyed. A lot of people died, and it's just like, like I said, good show, amazing acting. But you're not gonna really follow the show because if you missed like a bunch of episodes from the previous seasons, you're not gonna know what's going on afterwards. So there are some disconnected episodes here and there, but for the most part, yeah, you're gonna have to start the whole show from the beginning if you want to know what's going on. Now, a little off topic from Star Trek. There's a one show I need to get into. And it was kind of like trying to slide with the whole Star Trek fame that was completely unrelated to Star Trek for the most part, I believe. It was a show called Babylon 5. It was another show where it had the station on board called Babylon 5. And I didn't really, I don't really know too much about it. I have to watch the show. But all I know is that we tried watching the first two seasons and we're actually pretty interested in it. I know the rest of my family watched the show entirely where I just gave up on it again. <laughs> I was like, okay, what's going on? I have no idea. So, whatever. So, but that's the one show I really need to get back into. Because it, it is related to Star Trek to some degree. It's just not called Star Trek. But, um, so, continuing on, there was another show that came on during the whole... After Star Trek The Next Generation ended, uh, there was another show called Voyager that came out. Voyager was about the ship, USS Voyager... And they basically get hurled into deep space. Like, so far, it'll take them about 30 or 40 years to get back home. So the whole point 
is they get they get to this part of the space and they go back home and they have all these adventures on their way back there. Even had encounters with uh, familiar characters here and there as well. So, <laughs> anywho, uh, we have so yeah, Voyager Captain. It was also one of the first shows to feature a female cap a captain named Captain Janeway. Now, Captain Janeway, a lot of people like her, right? Some people consider her to be the best captain in the whole show. She was good. I mean, she was uh, left with a near impossible task of getting people home within like the next 30 or 40 years or so. But uh, there were some weaknesses, I, in my opinion. She was stern, but at the same time, she was more of that captain that wanted to be her friend. Where uh, captains usually... Well, captains usually uh, adhere to certain things and responsibilities to make sure everyone's all right. You know, usually a captain should be more of the command type rather than a friendly person, right? And yeah, Janeway was a bit more of a friend rather than a commanding officer. But she did demonstrate moments of, what do you call it? Uh, what do you call it? Discipline. In enforcing the discipline on the crew. For example, I remember there was one episode, and I'm not going to spoil it, but one of the crew members, uh, Tom Paris, decided to take matters into his own hands and disobey orders. Now, you don't disobey orders of a superior officer, especially the captain. And she basically talked to him, gave him a scolding, said, Hey, hey, you're, are you a lieutenant? Well, guess what? Takes away one of his little pips on his neck for his rank. Now you're an ensign. Now you're lower than a lieutenant. There you go. There's your punishment. So... So again, uh, Kate Mulgrew was the one who portrayed uh, Catherine Janeway. Although, you know there was another actress that was supposed to portray her. And I believe her name was Genevieve... Uh, was it Genevieve? I can't pronounce her name. But the original... The original Janeway was in the pilot episode. They wanted to test to see how the uh, episode would work out. And this original captain... the footage was never shown on TV. It was on YouTube later on. They said, hey, this was the original actress, but she I don't know why she left the role, but they had to replace her really quickly, and then the show commenced with production. Uh, the episode, the whole show was good. I liked it. It was mostly disconnected, like The Next Generation was, but there were some moments where it was like a big interconnected storyline here and there. But uh, there were some interesting moments in that whole show. Now, there was one bad character, in my opinion. I didn't like her that much. Her name was Kess. This female, she was a female assistant to the doctor, which the the, the doctor was holographic. <laughs> There's a lot of things you gotta get, go through. I'm just trying to go through the show as much as I can. There are some things you're gonna be like, what the heck is he talking about? But if you're really into Star Trek, you'll know what I'm talking about. This is what the, the episode's all about. She was boring. Kess, she doesn't really do much. <laughs> so eventually they said, you know what? Kess develops powers. She's unstable. Let's get her off the ship. But they had to replace her with somebody else. So they were eventually replaced her with a female who was a formerly a Borg. And then they made her human again. And there was a bit of controversy because even though she was she was bringing in the ratings for the show because she looked hot. She had an interesting uniform and she was very slim. Very, very well toned, so to speak, you know. And everyone's like, ooh, who is this lady? Let's watch the show now. <laughs> Although, personally, I think the writing got a lot better. I don't think she was the main reason why the show increased in its ratings, but some people will disagree and say, nah, it was the character Seven of Nine. That's her name, Seven of Nine. I don't know why she didn't change it, but yeah, they're like, ooh, hot Borg lady. 
In my opinion, one of my favorite episodes from Voyager, it was the 100th episode of the entire show. So let me look it up really quickly. The episode was called Timeless. Directed by LeVar Burton, the guy who played Geordi from The Next Generation. You know, the guy from Reading Rainbow had that visor over his eyes because he was blind. Yeah, he directed that episode. So the basic premise of that show episode was that it takes place in the future. You see older versions of two of the crew members from Voyager. They go on this ice planet and they said, we found it. We got the beacon ready. We're ready for transport. The ship Voyager was underneath the ice. Everyone died, but this was like 20 years ago. Apparently there was an accident that propelled two crew members on the shuttle back home, but it caused Voyager to crash on this planet and everyone died. So they go back, they think that they can possibly revert everything the way it used to be by going, by like changing something in history, right? Oh my gosh, like that episode really shocked a lot of people, but it was a great episode by the way. Long story short, they go back, they change things, everything's back to normal, Voyager's back, but they still have to get home. You know, it's it's like it's like a future that didn't exist because time, time manipulation, right? Time manipulation, that's all it was all about. <laughs> so, later on, Star Trek needed another show. So, they decided to make a show called Star Trek Enterprise. Now, they, we need, the, the only teaser we got of it at first was, this show takes place before Captain Kirk and Spock and all them. So we're like, well, okay, this is interesting. So, yeah, Enterprise starred, uh, it was a show where they had this experimental ship called Enterprise, called NX-01 Enterprise. One of the first starships built. The Federation only consisted of, like, one or two ships back then. The... the the Federation was a lot bigger, like, later on in, like, Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. But back then, you know, they just got past World War III. So they're still kind of rebuilding. But ever since they invented Warp Drive, Zephyr Cochran himself, the guy who invented Warp Drive, gave everyone this message. It basically, once he created Warp Drive, we started rebuilding as a society. And the Enterprise was one of the first ships that would explore outer space and all that. And it was led by Captain Archer. And for those who don't know, Jonathan Archer, he was the same actor who played the show called Quantum Leap. <laughs> so, yeah, Scott Scott Bakula, is that his name? That's his name. Now, they took his crew. It's basically a very disconnected show in, in regards to the episodes. You can watch any episode in any order, just about. Well, except from season... Three onward, I think. That's when they had this big storyline with this alien species that invades. So, the show started off really slow. It was really slow. It was different, but it was slow. You didn't really know what was going on. People were kind of complaining, going, these characters are a little, like, they're not really... There's nothing wrong with them. There needs to be some more mistakes made. There needs to be more drama. So they did that. Eventually, people started making mistakes. There were a lot of repercussions. A lot of the crew members were making decisions you didn't think they were going to make. Then we eventually started getting into bigger storylines, and it, the show got darker and darker, but it was so good, though. Eventually, the show had to end after four seasons. Usually, a Star Trek show would end after, like, what, seven? But this one ended in four because it just wasn't making enough revenue to keep it going. Now, people were kind of upset because I personally would have wanted to see a season five, but it never happened. 
but we did get a good episode at the end. Although some people were controversial about it, I loved the episode. So the last episode of Enterprise basically was a holographic projection from the Enterprise D with the Captain Picard crew. They basically go through this simulation of the crew and it was linked to another episode of Star Trek Next Generation, but it was kind of like a final farewell to the crew of that Enterprise. Like I said, the show was decent. It started getting a lot better, but it ended too soon, in my opinion. There should have been the season five. Now, this is where we kind of get into the dark times for Star Trek. So after a while, but we'll get into the dark times later on. So let's get back. Let's go rewind a bit to the movies for the Next Generation crew. I loved Star Trek Generations. I absolutely loved that show or movie, excuse me. It was the first motion picture with Captain Picard and his crew. And it was just like a big overhaul of the set and everything. It was all Everything about that movie was amazing, I thought. Some people didn't like him that much, but hey. Then you had First Contact, uh, Star Trek Insurrection, and Nemesis. Now, we started to see a little bit of staleness coming in from Star Trek. You had some mediocre movies being released, Nemesis namely being one of them. And the show Enterprise what didn't do that great and it ended. So everyone's like, all the shows are gone. All the movies are gone. What's next? So for a long while, there was a little hiatus until the one, the Star Trek movie came out with Chris Pine, just simply called Star Trek. They just went back and said, you know what? We're going to reboot the shit. We're going to reboot this whole entire series. We're going to reboot Star Trek. We're going to have Chris Pine playing uh, Captain Kirk. And we're going to have this whole timeline thing where it's like, hey, remember your old Star Trek universe? Well, we're going to just alter that. And now you don't know what's going to go happen. Now you don't know what's going to happen. And it was directed by an act a director named J.J. Uh, Abrams. A lot of people know him now. But uh, he's directed Star Wars and Star Trek. That's like number one nerd resume right there for, for all of your accomplishments. Hey, I made Star Wars and Star Trek. Everyone's going to be like, what? <laughs> now, I saw Star Trek in theaters back in 2009. Absolutely almost perfect movie. Oh, my God. Oh, so good. Everything about it was just amazing. You were like, I didn't think a movie with Captain Kirk would be good with new actors. But once you saw this, you're like, dude, I need to see this again. And again, and again, and I did. <laughs> now, the subsequent movies weren't as good. Uh, Into Darkness was alright, but it lacked some flair from the first movie. Uh, and then they had Star Trek Beyond, which, again, it's still degraded. It had a bad teaser trailer for it, which eventually was remedied, but still, the overall movie was not that great. It was good, not that great, though. Now, supposedly, they're trying to make a fourth Star Trek movie... But I don't see it happening. It might, it might not. I don't know. But who knows? There was some tragedy, though, with Star Trek. So there's a character, Pavel Chekhov. He's a probably the youngest officer on board the original Enterprise. So he's, a, he's Russian. And they had to get a young actor to portray him in the newer movies. So they got an actor named Anton uh, Yelchin. Very amazing actor. Very young as well. He was portrayed as 17, but he was actually older than that. Sadly, he had a freak... There was, I think it was a freak accident. He passed away back in 2016 at age 27. It was, like, shocking. It's like, so my question is, if they made a fourth movie, who are they going to get to replace Chekhov? 
are they going to have Chekhov in the movie, or are they going to replace him and have an actor that's similar to him in terms of looks? I don't really know. So, anyway, after the movies were done, now they're starting to make more of these Star Trek shows on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, let's just say they're not good. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of them. Now, I'm on Discovery right now. I have not watched the fourth season yet. But uh, the first three seasons, like I, I still think the show is boring. It's boring, and it's just over. It's just like, what's what's the point of it? What's going on here? Now they tried to shake things up a bit with time travel and all that, but it just the show is boring. There's nothing really major going on with it. I can't connect to the characters, especially the only character I know very well is her name is Ensign Tilly. She is the worst, absolute worst. I hate her so much. I don't like her. <laughs> so, so every other character in Star Trek is like, it's like, who are you? I am Cap. I am Commander Riker of the Enterprise, first officer. And he's all confident. He, you know, he's boastful. Not really boastful. He's more. He's very. He knows what he's doing. Captain Picard. You got Catherine Janeway, Cisco. Uh, you got uh, Doctor Bashir. You know, Chief O'Brien. You got all these characters are really good. Now Tilly. She's that kind of officer who's like this. So you get to a situation, you ask O'Brien. It's like, hey, O'Brien, what could we do to fix this uh, regulator that's malfunctioning? And he goes, well, I ought to say we ought to cross the wires here and uh, initiate a relay sequence, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, good to go. Uh, Ensign Tilly, how do you think we should fix this reactor? Ensign Tilly's like, well, first of all, thank you for letting me speak because I can't speak very well. And also, uh, I think we should fix the reactor because it's kind of like a baby cradle because baby cradles like to go around this. And yeah, the character's supposed to be smart, but she just, just get to the point. God, you, she rambles too much. Like, oh, by the way, I think uh, this, by the way, and it's like, get to the point. <laughs> That's why I hate her character so much. I know, I, I know it's a weird thing to complain about. Anywho. Uh, so... The next show that was supposed to be coming out after that, well, it did. The next episode, or the next show entirely, was called Star Trek Picard. Whole new series, right? And I'm thinking, Picard? Captain Picard? Oh, this has to be good! And then I watched it, and it sucked. It was the worst show of Star Trek I've ever seen so far. Oh my god, it was terrible. Everything about that show was horrible. Horrible, horrible. Especially the ending. The last episode... Yuck! Ew! Ew! Just, please, uh, I know they're making the second season, it's not out yet as of this recording, but please, Q. Q's coming back, this omnipotent being. Snap your fingers and erase everything that happened in that show. Just, just erase everything. Please, just redo everything. Because that show was terrible. <laughs> and now they got this other one called, uh, what was it called? Star Trek Prodigy? It's like a computer animated version? It's... I didn't watch, I didn't get too much into it. It's just, ugh. A lot of that show is, eh. It's just, ugh. Too, it's bad. It's just bad. So, we're kind of in the dark spot with Star Trek as of current because these shows that are coming out are just, ugh. They're terrible. They're not that good. Now, I will say one thing Star Trek Lower Decks. It's a cartoon, 2D animation. Very good show, surprisingly enough. <laughs> Very surprising. You know why that show is good? Because even though the humor is kind of hit and miss, it is true to the science and lore of Star Trek. It's like a few Star Trek nerds came together, made up a script as quickly as they could, while at the same time 
putting so much detail into the show in regards to how it looks, to the lore of all Star Trek, to every reference you could think of. I remember one of the characters had this Klingon weapon, and she mentions, "Oh, I got this Klingon from a, I got this weapon from a one-eyed Klingon," and I'm thinking to myself, oh, "Martok." <laughs> And there's so many references and throwbacks to other Star Trek shows in that uh, entire series. It, it's just, you, I, I smile. I smile with delight when I watch that show. Especially with one of the crew members. Uh, he had this uh, weird dinner plate with Tom Paris from Voyager. And he was hallucinating because of some gas he was breathing in. Where to the point where the plate started talking to him. It was the actual actor who played Tom Paris, because he was also on board the ship, too. And I was like, oh my god! This is great! <laughs> uh, a little off-topic, though. In regards to shows relating to Star Trek, I mentioned Babylon 5 a while ago, but there's another one I can't wait for, and it's called The Orville. The Orville will be coming back on TV, hopefully, this year. Hopefully it has no more delays. Seth MacFarlane made that. And I think that is better than most of the Star Trek shows we're getting today. That show is way better. And again, Seth MacFarlane is a big Star Trek fan as well. In fact, he was actually in one or a few episodes of Star Trek Enterprise, for those who didn't know. So you'll see his face once in a while. He's one of the engineering crews. <laughs> so a little random fact out there in case you want to watch Star Trek Enterprise again. You'll see him there. Alright, so pretty much that's my wrap on Star Trek altogether. We're going to start reading into the Reddit posts. So I posted, on, like I said, about... How did you get into Star Trek? What are your favorite moments from the show or movies and why? So we're going to read some of the replies. We're not going to mention the usernames. So we're going to read through them one by one and get our analysis on it. So one guy said, I started Star Trek with uh, Enterprise. And I really liked the intro song and Archer. After that, I was addicted very quickly. So yeah, the song was pretty good, actually. I kind of got used to it. It, it was a very un... The opening to Star Trek Enterprise was not exactly Star Trek themed. Like, it didn't have, like, like an original theme song. It was it was this, like, acoustic guitar, like, country kind of song in a way. And But it, it kind of got to me after a while. I remember one of the lyrics, is, I think it was called uh, Faith in the Heart. I got faith. In the heart. It was it kind of, I think it was kind of like a Christian song, to be honest, but... You know, it kind of got it kind of got used to it after a while. <laughs> uh, Archer as a character, not a strong character. It was he was the kind of captain who wanted to act tough, but you just kind of laughed. <laughs> it was like he's like, "I'm gonna do this to you," and you're like, "Okay." <laughs> he didn't know he didn't treat him seriously. And to be honest, he didn't really improve as a captain overall. He pretty much stayed the same as a character. There were some moments where he made some bad decisions, all that, but. He didn't really develop too well. Uh, what else? Someone else mentioned that his uncle sent him a VHS tape of Star Trek V. Ugh. <laughs> oh, God. But, uh, but soon after, they said that The Next Generation aired on TV. And, uh, they had to watch them after the show ended. So, okay. Alright. And they also said that the wait between Best of Both Worlds Part 1 and 2 was incredibly difficult as a young lad. Oh, yes. I mentioned that earlier. Same with me. Same with me. <laughs> so, another Reddit post was uh, someone replied when they were a kid back in the 80s. Their dad 
used to watch the original series and then Next Generation. So you had some nostalgia about it when they rediscovered it as an adult. And it made them appreciate it when they were older, especially from an episode called Who Watches the Watchers? Oh, that was a good one. That was the one with... Um, so that episode was... So essentially there's this thing in Star Trek called the Prime Directive. So the whole point of the Prime Directive is that we're, we are advanced as a species, but there are other developing species on different planets, right? The Prime Directive specifically tells us don't interfere with their development. Don't go in and cure their diseases. Don't go in and change their religions. Don't let them even see you, right? Because then they'll start questioning everything. Then they'll start to possibly have severe repercussions on their society in terms of how they develop, right? Just leave them be. If they if they are about to go, they go. You can't save them, right? So the thing, the rule that started getting violated constantly was the Prime Directive. Because every single time we mentioned we shouldn't break it, we break it. Captain Picard violated it, like, what, nine times around there? Everyone violates the Prime Directive. You can never keep the Prime Directive in check. Every single time, hey, there's a species down here. Maybe we shouldn't interfere with them. Boop. We, get, we interfere. Every time. It seems like it's just a habit. It's a bad habit for us. So why even have it if we violate it? But anyway, yeah, who watches the Watchers? So it was about these uh, proto, I think, like a variation of these uh, an alien race called the Vulcans. But they are not as developed as we are. And we accidentally, one of them accidentally saw us. And he fell and almost died. He was recovered, but he woke up and he said, I was on board there. What I was on board their temple. They didn't know it was a temple. It was actually a starship. And now they have a new god to worship, which is the name of the captain, Captain Picard. They call this god the Picard. We must worship him. <laughs> and it was bad. But they had to deal with it eventually. And it was a pretty good episode. But anywho, continue on with that same post. So there's something about the aesthetics of the episode and the notion of rational primitive species on another planet and viewing their own planet from orbit is very profound. The work of art in the episode was still number one for me after watching all of the other Trek series. So yeah, it, it, like I said, the storylines for Star Trek Next Generation were amazing. Now, the first two seasons were mostly hit and miss, but after season three on onward for Next Generation was just amazing. The storylines and the writing was just brilliant. So... Okay, let's go on to another topic. Uh, let's see, another post on the Reddit page. Uh, let's see. They say that someone's dad... And, uh, my, my dad and uncles were hardcore Trekkies. My uncle wore Starfleet pips on his jacket. <laughs> my dad's favorite shirt was his uh, UFP t-shirt. They took me to Star Trek conventions, and when I was five, I got Spock ears and a TNG phaser. Wow. It's like I, I could not I couldn't not absorb some Star Trek around them, whether it was the show, uh, the movies, or the games. So, oh, speaking of the games, I never played too many of the Star Trek video games. I think the only one I've played recently was uh, Star Trek based on the 2009 movie with Chris Pine. There is another one I need to get into, which came out a long time ago. It was called Star Trek Voyager. I think it was like Elite Force or something like that. That, it was like a first-person shooter. I think it was. I think Activision was the publisher of that one. But I heard that one was really good. But it's on. If you want to play it on PC, it's kind of tricky because it's an old game. But anyway. So 
he went on to state that he never really liked it, seemed cheesy and old-fashioned, and the emphasis was all boring, talking, and emphasizing science as part of science fiction. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, they brought the board game uh, called Star Trek Fleet Captains when it came out. For some, and for some reason, even though I didn't like Star Trek, I played it a few times and was good at it. Um, but it's a two-player game and mostly played board games with a group of four to six. Until the lockdown, uh, they got a hankering to play it solo and set up in the basement. <laughs> and wrote a, it kept a play-by-play -play narrative and wrote in characters and I had an incredible time. Maybe it's time to check out the Star Trek thing. I was working from home and some boring spreadsheets and threw the, next, the original series on another screen and I fell in love. Started tweeting mini-episode reviews, wound up doing it as I made my way through the series and movies. Okay, interesting. So we have somebody on the Reddit post who never was into Star Trek until recently, and then they started falling in love with it. <laughs> even the, And later on he states, I even did the thing I thought I would never do. I bought and enjoyed tie-in novels because I couldn't get enough. <laughs> interesting. Never read the books, to be honest. I know there are some... The reason why I don't read the books is because sometimes... People will have these fan theories that they want to be come true, and then other series or movies afterwards will kind of deny that whole thing. I mean, there might be some books here and there that might actually be really good to read, but I'm, I'm not much of a reader, to be honest. I'm not. I'm, I know I should be getting into books more often, but I'm not. I don't. I'm not. I don't read books very often. <laughs> so, let's see. Let's see what other posts on my Reddit page were like. Uh, someone bought a bag of chips. And they won a one-year membership to the Star Trek magazine. It also came with a free membership to the local Star Trek fan club in my city. Oh, the 90s. <laughs> and I would have loved a magazine for Star Trek. In fact, actually, my brother bought a Star Trek encyclopedia. Now, I always went through that encyclopedia because I wanted to know who the characters were. I wanted to know more about the origin of the species and all that. Now, there were a lot of things I didn't really understand with that whole thing, but I loved the fact that the encyclopedia also showed you side-by-side, -side, like, comparisons of the ships in terms of their size, like the Enterprise original versus the Enterprise D. Now, the encyclopedia is outdated nowadays, obviously, because that was way before the show itself had actually ended. <laughs> of the of the next generation and there wasn't too much about deep space nine either so that's interesting to think about but that that star trek encyclopedia was crazy <laughs> so okay let's go to another one here uh someone's first memory was from the original series they saw it as a kid and uh okay let's reread this again i'm sorry the first tos memory from seeing it as a kid was the Herb Solo credit page with the alien head. I don't recall it being scary, but I can still recall where I was. It was just something that always stuck to my head. <laughs> I have no idea. Someone mentioned that the, some of their earliest memories involved Saturday nights. Their mom was making pizza, ooh, that's amazing, and eating it while they watched a new episode of The Next Generation. My brother and I would sit on the floor in front of the TV with the plastic Hot Wheels case cases in our laps, pretending to push buttons on them like they were Data and Wesley on the bridge. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> I should have done that when I was a kid. That would have been amazing. I should have had like some kind of devices in front of me so I could pretend I'm pushing buttons. Oh, that's so great. And then um, they also mentioned they'll doodle starships in class and build Lego versions at home. That's, that's what I did. That's what I did. Oh my, is this person like, is this my brother? <laughs> uh, we watched 
Voyager, but I didn't appreciate DS9 until years later. Yeah, me too. And the, the original series always seemed to be on somewhere, so I watched all of that too. Okay. And as I got older, my interest started to wane a bit. Then it came roaring back as an adult, especially after I met my wife, and I corrupted slash converted her as a trek into a Trekkie. <laughs> we watched every series on Netflix, started going on to conventions, amassed a frankly embarrassing amount of Trek memorabilia, and even joined a local Trek club where we made some very good friends. Hmm. Modern Trek has been a mixed bag for me, but Lower Decks was excellent. Yes, I agree. Uh, Trek has been a very big influence on me, not just entertainment and meeting people, but also a moral model for myself and society. And I still hope we can build a world based around compassion and logic. Oh, that's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That That's something we need to do one day. Maybe in our real world, we'll get to the point where there's no more poverty, there's no more hate, there's no more money. Everyone is just equal. We don't have to worry about greed. We just build society together and everything's in peace and harmony. But then some people are like, what's the fun in that? We need some controversy. We need some anger. We need some darkness, right? Because without darkness, there's no light. Without light, there's no darkness, so to speak. So it's kind of like yin and yang in, in a way. But personally, I'd rather it be more light than dark. That's just me, personally. Peaceful life where I could just be like, you know what? I'm going to surf on board a starship, and I'm going to relax, have fun with friends and all that. You know, no, no more worrying about people in the streets. No more poverty like that, you know, no more sickness, no more war. You know, war is a bad thing, you know, just time for us to spread out and be friends. That's just my reality. I don't see it ever happening, but I can dream. <laughs> so, cross my fingers in the next 400 years will be like Star Trek, right? Our society will be built on that. You know what? Just, just put me in cryostasis. Put me in stasis. Wake me up 400 years later so I can live that life. <laughs> That's what I would rather do. Although I have to let go of everything I used to be <laughs> just for that, which is pretty, pretty much could be another topic in the future. Uh, let's see. Uh, they were at the beginning. Uh, next generation. Let's see. Uh, and we got a lot of things on this Reddit page, so we're not going to get to every single one of them. But all right, let's get, let's read one more. Let's see. So one person wrote, I started watching Star Trek in college, LSU, with the next generation on Netflix. My roommate and I just put it on just to have the t on the TV, but we both really got into it. Sometimes I can't really read these posts, but anyway. My favorite show is DS9. My favorite captain is Janeway. Cisco is a close second. I also really like the intro to Enterprise. They hated it at first, but now it's unironically the greatest Star Trek sh song ever made. Of the new shows, Prodigy and Lower Decks are fantastic. I like the start of Discovery, and I think their Mirror of Universe may be the best Mirror Universe episodes. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Besides Mirror Kira being way too hot for my own good. <laughs> so, but I feel the writing has gotten worse as it went along. Picard is okay at best to me. Now, I like I said, I hated Picard. The show Picard itself, I hated it. Discovery, not that great. But hey, you know, we all have our opinions, which, interesting enough, uh... Someone, this person said that their favorite captain was Janeway, and Cisco was a close second. To me, Captain Picard is my favorite. My second, Cisco was a really good captain. Cisco was more aggressive rather than diplomatic, but Cisco was also the one that led the charge in the Dominion War. So that's a big resume thing right to put in there right there. Oh, you're a captain. What have you done? Uh, I led the war that pretty much saved the entire galaxy. Okay, noted. <laughs> 
So, all right. Um, yeah. So we've we've talked about Star Trek for a whole hour so far. So I think I'm gonna call it quits for tonight. But uh, again, if everyone enjoyed the podcast itself and the live stream, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're listening. And if you ever want to talk about future discussions, I will post about what topics that we'll be discussing. And you should just keep up with me on my Twitter, as well as my Discord server, if you ever want to be part of any kind of discussion. So, uh, yeah, we're going to end this episode, and I hope you all enjoyed, and I hope you can appreciate Star Trek a bit more, now that I've been blabbering about it for like an hour. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, and I'm going to call it a night. So, you all, everyone here who has been listening to the podcast, or been listening to it on Twitch, and eventually YouTube, I appreciate all of your support. And uh, we'll see each other again in due time. All right, anyway, uh, I hope everyone enjoyed. And I have to say this one thing because I'm a big nerd about it. Live long and prosper, everybody. <laughs>